Hi, welcome to this episode of Author Eke. I'm Travis Davis, your host. Tell us your story. Hey, everybody, got a kind of a special guest today. I actually have a Marine, and I'm an Army, but we're getting along. And this is Tim <laughs> Jensen. He is the co founder of Grunt Style. But not only that, veteran, combat veteran, a philanthropist. I think his three by five card is his business card, not the normal size business card. It's a three by five card. It's a little bigger than everybody else's, but uh, he's written or writing. So a great series of books uh, that defiance press is publishing. And I want to have him on there to talk about his books, but then I'm also going to give him some time to talk about the foundation, the good things the grunt style foundation does and everything that he does to help veterans out because we have got to give back to our community or we'll never have another community to give back to because people will not want to join. So if you don't take care of them now, there's not going to be any left to take care of. So Tim, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, we'll kind of take it from there. Right on, Travis. Well, I'm glad that you finally have brought some quality to your show. I mean, not that it's me, it's more the Marine Corps, uh, you know, <laughs> to jazz this place up a little bit, uh, but <laughs> I appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, yeah. in, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity. You know, you and I have met uh, on this crazy path of um, you know books, right? Uh, you're an author. I'm an author. Uh, we worked through uh, a very uh, our, our partner, the Defiance Press and Publishing, which is a, an incredible, incredible partner that is you know doing some great great stuff mm-hmm. and made the ability to you know tell something of a story that I'm very very proud about. And that's our Violent But True Bedtime series. But before I get into all that. You know, I'll, I'll give you a little bit about myself and and you know, yeah. who I am. And, you know what I've done with the with Grunt Style over the years. You know, and you know, I'll roll it all the way back to when I was a, a young wee little lad, a seventeen year old <laughs> kid that uh, had a big choice ahead of him. It is uh, you know going to the the great wide world beyond uh, what I knew, living in my mother's house, and you know being you know, coddled for seventeen years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, go to college or join the Marine Corps or, you know, get a job and, you know, kind of grudge it out. Uh, well, I didn't want to do two of the three things. And that was, I was not college material because, you know, I, I really hated high school. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I didn't want to go out into the world and, 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 you know, start doing things that I just didn't have any, you know, real direction for. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I was involved in architecture and, you know, things of that nature, but, you know, that all needed, you know, college. And I certainly didn't want to do that. And, you know, I was really enamored by my grandfather. And, you know, when I was a young kid, I found his metal box from his service uh, during World War II. And he never really told anybody about it. And from that point further, you know, it was something that, you know, really stuck out to me. And I told my mother that I wanted to join the Marine Corps and she was aghast. She's like, the Marine Corps, are you about to, you're going to die, you know, stuff, right? But, you know, she came from a time period and I understand it, right? Is that, uh, you know, when he was in high school, most of her friends and the males that she knew uh, went off to Vietnam and a lot of them didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And I think she really wanted to make sure that, you know, the, the decision I was making was of sound mind and, you know, that I truly understood the consequences of, of and the potentials of that decision. So we were living in Raleigh, North Carolina at the time, and she took me up to um, Washington, D.C., which was, a you know, a, a short little drive away mm-hmm. uh, during Memorial Day. And we went to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and you know, saw all these different That's things. That's an amazing place. If nobody's ever been, you've got to go. It is, it'll change your perspective of life. 
That's right. And, you know, and my perspective changed at that very moment, uh, Travis. And, you know, my mother copied down uh, most of the names that she could find uh, through the register and then on mm -hmm. the wall. And, you know, that was the first time I saw my mother cry, really, in, oh, a, in wow. a way that I didn't, you know, impose upon her from the right. stupid thing that I was doing. So, <laughs> um, you know, that and that left a mark on me. And as we were driving home, she's like, is this really what you want to do, Tim? And I was like, after seeing that, of course, I, you know, this has evoked such an emotion from you uh, that, yes, this seems like the right decision. And that left me, you know, uh, on this path. And, you know, uh, fast forward. You know, uh, from 1997 uh, to 2005, I uh, served in the United States Marine Corps in different capacities. Mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, you know, Amtracker in my active duty days, and ended my time in the Marine Corps uh, as an infantryman uh, with combat experience in Iraq, 2004-2005, in the Triangle of Death, and you know, that really, you know, all predicated off of 9/11, right? You know, I joined the Marine Corps, I get out, uh, go back to Chicago to do, you know, you know, my regular. The rest of my life planning <laughs> yeah <laughs> and exactly. um September 11th happened and i found myself back in the marine corps so you know uh and then you know that led you know i come from a big family um uh, all my brothers and sisters and i've got seven total between oh wow blood and uh and step mm -hmm. uh, that and you know, we're all the marines are in the navy so you know, it's been quite the adventure and that led me into grunt style you know fast forward you know a lot of uh, time in between uh became a grunt style uh as a you know folding t-shirts was the first job that i ever had <laughs> with one of those things or did you fold them by hand do you have one of those things you by hand oh. fold it by hand right and then we and then it was a very unique time right that was yeah. Yeah, i just graduated college i have a degree under my belt i graduated cum laude and couldn't get anything in the, the the design industry, so I had to take the next best thing, and that was just anything that was willing to pay me money. <laughs> so <laughs> on this job at Grunt Style, folding T-shirts, mm -hmm. and you know, from there it's just all like a, a field of opportunity. And you know, uh, from that, you know, the the founder Daniel Alaric was you know uh, you know really receptive to the idea of like if you see an opportunity, go after and take it, and that's what I did. And, you know, from folding T-shirts, I held nearly every position in this building, oh, wow. you know, in this business. Right. And went from folding T-shirts to be press operator, lead press operator, production manager, operations manager, chief operating officer, partner, uh, C president. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then now we are in the Grunstall Foundation. And I uh, chair the, um, uh, as the president of the foundation and mm -hmm. sit as the chief brand officer, co-owner on the Grunstall side. So the path has been really fun to see over the years, the, the growth of the company. When it came on board, but I don't even think we have made a million dollars at that point. Right. And mm -hmm. now we're, a, you know, 130 plus million dollar brand. So, you know, we've been able to scale this business in, in monumental ways, uh, and as well as, you know, understanding that, you know, our community is a very unique community and our and with that uniqueness comes a set of you know things and um needs that are much different from you know the greater cohort or you know the greater population of the united states so you know that really built uh and uh, launched us into the platform of our foundation and some of the things that we're doing there so you know uh it's been it's been the journey my friend uh a little longer <laughs> in the tooth uh, but thank God for my Irish roots. It hasn't really showed up on my face. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of Irish in me. So I also joined the Army at 17 years old. I was in the 11th grade, and I thought I knew everything. And I was graduating my 11th year. 
Well, it was November, October of 1976. And I, I, it was a Thursday. I went home and said, I'm done. Uh, I'm going to join the Army. And I was already on the delayed entry program to be a helicopter mechanic. And my mom and dad said, uh, no. I go, I'm going to quit school. We said, well, my dad was Air Force veteran, three tours in Vietnam. My mom built P-38s in World War II. So the long history of uh, patriotism. So Friday, I quit high school. And the principal came up to my mom and said, uh, Travis will never amount to shit. Well, I think, well, I'm, I'm probably just a turd now. So I'm doing better. So that's uh, <laughs> on Tuesday. I was in basic training Fort Knox. And instead of becoming a helicopter mechanic, I listened to a captain. Uh, at the at the uh, MEPS, and he said, "Oh, there's a great job that's called the ca a cavalry scout. You know, outside. And, well, I like to be outside. Oh my goodness! So uh, Fort Knox Tuesday, second youngest in the in the company, the troop. And uh, 20 years later, I got out as a calf scout. So I did the entire time as combat arms MOS. And I say that you have a son in the Navy serving abroad right now." That's correct. Yeah, he's uh, you know quite the young lad. Uh, you know, and, and you know what is the most amazing thing about that? You know, as you look at the country where we are right now, right? Mm -hmm. We just came off a twenty-year war that uh, had the you know a significant contribution of Americans into it. It's still not rising above the one percent number, but you know, three and a half million veteran uh, Americans raised their hand and went off to fight in. Uh, in this war, both in Afghanistan, uh, Iraq, and some other nation states around the world that were part of those campaigns. And, you know, the, the country's tired, right? The country's tired of war. They're, they're exhausted from this conflict. Uh, and they would just want to get on with their lives and, and, and their children's lives. Yeah. You know, and you're, we're seeing some problems within our country right now uh, and a lot of a lot of facets. But, you know, let's focus specifically on our recruiting and uh, our, our national security. You know, the, the United States military is experiencing one of the, the worst recruiting uh, periods in modern era. Yeah. And a lot of it comes from the fact that these children today have grown up watching their veteran parents being treated like shit by our American government and thrown aside, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't have to point very far to, I don't know, the VA healthcare system. Uh, I can point to the toxic exposure conversation that, that yeah. you know, had the country upside down uh, just two years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and all these children are watching this. They're watching how these veterans are treated. They're watching how they are often left in positions of mental disrepair, homelessness, suicide. You know, all these negative things that are happening within the cohort of the veteran community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, it's not a big surprise why retention is down. Right. And not to mention the food insecurities that are happening within the active duty military. Oh, yeah. And, and not being paid a living wage. And I don't care what the DOD says. I'm not very, you know, they don't like me anyways. But, uh, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like if they're if anybody in DOD is telling me that they're getting paid a living wage, it's probably that they have brass on their collar because anybody other than, that's on the enlisted side is not getting paid a living wage. And the numbers are there to represent that, that more than one in four families, and it's actually between one and six, but you know, let's call it one families are food insecure 
Why are our military, active duty military forces more worried about putting food on their table than putting rounds in the faces of our enemy? Right. That is question number one. So right. to see that my son has raised his hand, even having to experience 18 years of my, you know, uh, post-combat, uh, you know, uh, situation and experiences right. mm -hmm. um and he's had to live through that and he's had to watch me struggle he's had to see his dad you know locking himself in a closet and crying uncontrollably and right. all these things but he still raised his hand and he's now you know he just he called me uh on tuesday yeah. uh this kid has only been in the the military for just over a year went in as an e3 <laughs> uh, because nice. of his time sea cadets and now he just got promoted to E4. This little bastard is out, gonna outrank me in his first two years of military <laughs> service. But I did just about eight and a half, nine years. So, but I'm I'm very proud of that. But again, like you know, there are a, a certain slice of this uh, uh, of this country of people that get it right. But unfortunately, it's not enough. And the the problem that we have here, and it goes back to General Washington. You can you can you can you know and not you know. It's not the exact quote, but you guys get the, the general idea is, uh, you know, you can judge a nation, but the, the health of a nation, by the way, is treats its veterans. Well, yes. we are very unhealthy as a country right now, and, and it's because of the way we are treating our veterans, uh, the most treasured resource this country has in terms of its longevity, self-defense, and ability to project power uh, around the world. So we got some big problems. We don't change it very quickly. You know, we could have larger problems that are more defining in, uh, of a community and a culture yeah. that I don't think the American people are ready to swallow. I don't think, so. I don't think. My, my son, he's a uh, combat veteran army. He served a short tour in Afghanistan and the uh, geospatial space, military intelligence. He's, he's out. But I've heard difference. Like, you know, I was in volunteer army, right? Volunteer army, seven, late 70s, 80s, 90s. And I've never, and I've never seen a, a, as many E6s and, and everything get out of the army, not even retire, just get out yeah. after 10 years or 12. You got to figure why somebody has invested over half the time to get a, um, a pension to just get out. It, it, it doesn't, it, it's phenomenal. It's mind mommy. I mean, I get out of the army. My dad said, don't go to the VA. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that was like, don't go to the VA. So I, I was hesitant to go, right? I mean, I got my own medical, but you know, for you know, disability or whatever. But um, it, 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 we need to do uh, a better job of just not a bunch of words. Really quickly, because I, I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying, right? Yeah. You know, the VA healthcare system is a, a, a dynamic system, right? Mm -hmm. There are states across the United States that are performing extraordinarily well and are the gold standard of healthcare within the And I've been state. there. Yes. I've seen it myself, right? Yep. Uh, but then there are places like Chicago that are not, that are piss poor. And, you know, you see veterans that are doing cocaine in the, in the waiting rooms. And I've seen that with my own eyes mm -hmm. uh, because the level of service uh, is so bad. Uh, mm -hmm. and the quality of care is, you know, non-existent. So there are you know, both sides of the coin here. The thing that I, uh, that I'm enjoying the most is seeing a.
of, of the secretary of the VA, um, that's uh, Secretary McDonough. You know, uh, I've, I've I've had the privilege of working side by side with this individual when we were working on the PACT Act and seeing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his passion uh, and his desire for a better outcome within the veteran cohort. Mm-hmm. Like, ladies and gentlemen, we've got somebody there now that is doing more than I've ever seen in 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 the space, and that's not to speak ill of, of, of previous uh, cabinet, uh, mm-hmm. you know, secretaries like David, uh, David Shulkin or others, right? Different time, different uh, right. you know, operating system. But you know, I think the work that uh, Secretary McDonough is doing for the community right now is extraordinary, and he's trying his best to make a difference. And you know, look at look at the way the the PACT Act has been rolled out. If and you know, it's the p- largest piece of legislation in the veteran community in you know, arguably seventy to hundred years. Mm-hmm. And the rollout of this thing, while not perfect, has been far from abysmal. It's been it's been great. Like it's right. been. You're getting more people brought into the system, uh, getting access to these these veterans, getting access to the healthcare that they desperately need. And to me, I consider that I, I consider that a victory and something that you know that we did as a uh, as as a as a group. Right mm-hmm. now, this is the the point of what I'm trying to say here. I don't you know is. Um, mm-hmm. What we did with the PACT Act was it was a bunch of individuals that worked tirelessly over a period of a decade or more you know, that have you know brought enough pressure to Congress that we were able to get the largest veteran health care package passed in American history, period. Wow. So That's- you can all do this. Right. And all it really takes is you know a great a great team that yeah. is, you know. Not be fuddled with egotistical, uh, yes. you know, counter agendas that are all, and all these people are marching towards a, a similar goal. If you, you know, it's more dynamic than, but you know, in the simplest state, you know, it's this is this is achievable. So we still have a republic. We still have this opportunity to influence legislation at its mm-hmm. most grassroots level. Uh, so there, I'm encouraged, and I, I'm and I'm I, I'm enjoying that that opportunity still exists. Yeah, I put them in formation and march into the march into the front. So, yep. uh, so let's talk about your your books. Why did I mean you got a lot going on? Why? How? You know, where can we get them? How? Tell me about your books. I I, I was at Comic Con with you. I checked it out. I was like, uh, the, the artwork is fantastic, beautiful, right? And it's a great story. Uh, uh the your first one's a great story. Uh, Betty Benavides, who. Yep was a Medal of Honor winner in Vietnam. And I happened to have met uh, at Fort Hood back in the late, early 80s at Fort Hood. He had come by, I think he was out of the Army by then, started major. So tell us tell us about it. Yeah, so, you know, the Violet But True Bedtime series uh, really has been something that we've been doing for a long time. It's been a passion uh, project uh, internally of many people. Uh, and it's these little stories of great Americans who wore the uniform and, you know, have done some incredibly valorous things in their military career, often to the detriment of their own life and, and, and mostly to the saving of, of a life to their left and their right. Um, and these are incredible stories, right? <clears throat> so, you know, when I remember going back to my military career, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was in boot camp, <clears throat> uh, you know, I was, I was a crucible Marine. And when I went through the crucible, we were, it's the one year anniversary of that. And we had CNN oh, wow. out. All the <laughs> oh my God. We're going to be on TV, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
you know, the, the, the thing of the crucible, it's a three day exercise, you know, where you're humping 58 miles over the course of three days, you're, you're doing all these optics, obstacles, a minimal sleep, minimal food, mm-hmm. uh, super high stress, and you're reenacting, you know, very specific medal of honor, uh, situations in some of these obstacles that you have to go negotiate through this whole exercise. And that really has stuck with me my entire life. Uh, you know, listening to those Medal of Honor uh, stories as they're being told to you in a, in a small setting, and then you have to re-enact that entire uh, situation and, mm-hmm. and, and solve your way through it. That's really stuck with me. So, you know, fast forward in time, you know, uh, our founder, you know, approached me with this idea. He's like, Tim, what do you think about doing these stories? And I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. I, I would love to do this. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a student of history. I love military history and culture. Uh, and what better way of, you know, continuing to tell these you know, incredible stories and keeping these, the spirit of these people alive by, yeah. by continuing to pass them down to generations of America. This is my friends is how folklore and history is, you know, is continued in cultures mm-hmm. uh, and i want to be a part of that right i could easily write books about myself and all the stupid shit that i've done throughout my life right. but nobody wants nobody cares about me tim jensen right. I, don't, right. I don't even care about me tim jensen <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, i like writing stories about other people and you know really you know showcasing you know what um, what great examples of the american spirit truly are and they are among us mm-hmm. They're among all of us. We don't have to look very far. We don't, you know, and, and these aren't just military members, right? These are just, you know, this can go down to the American citizen. You know, there's right. great people within our local communities that are doing things. I just happen to choose, you know, military individuals because that's mm-hmm. a niche of that I'm quite familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, we've been doing the video content series for uh, you know, about nine years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got well over a hundred episodes and you know some hundred fifty plus million views uh, on these oh, wow. uh, programming, uh, and it's been very fun. So you know, what I had this idea during COVID, I'm like, man, you know, we have all these great videos. Uh, you know, I have a uh, I have experience in doing graphic novels and comic booking. Mm-hmm. I had a well, comic book business uh, many lifetimes ago, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think I could do this, right? So I, I, it's like, what story do I want to tell? Oh, there's the best story ever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story of Roy Benavides. So I go through the motions of, you know, storyboarding and illustrating it and, you know, going through all that. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, great. I think we've got something of value here. And, you know, and then, you know, something really cool happened is, you know, we had a, an employee here that was really close uh, to one of the daughters of, of Roy Benavidez and made the introduction. And we got the whole family to come in and, and really endorse uh, the, the book. Right. That was, that was such a magical uh, moment in time that, you know, you're getting, you're getting the children of this American icon mm-hmm. that is, you know, you know, endorsing your book that is, you know, telling the story in a, in a more cheeky type of reclamation of of, of of an incredible story right. that yeah, holds reverence um but being presented in a, in a in a more fun and telling way uh, and that was a beautiful thing and I, we were really honored uh by that endorsement and we don't take that very lightly because again you know for us here at Grunstyle, it's about the legacy of of who we are as a people uh, and the legacy of our warrior class and you know, and we can deny it as much as we want to, but this country has been in uh, perpetual combat for nearly 240 years. 
Yeah. And we are a warrior culture. And there's something to be celebrated about that because our level uh, and our contributions to that warrior culture has brought more freedom and has a, a, a broken oppression across more countries in our short period of time than any other time in human history. And to me, that's something to celebrate. And that's why we do these books. Yeah, so I, I remember as a kid, I was in uh, around Griffiths Air Force Base in Rome, New York. And I was, I had been nine years old. And I was looking through uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, folks that don't know that is a bunch of books with uh, information that they update it every year. Early Google. And, yeah. <laughs> the Google of the 60s and 70s and, and before that. And I was looking through and looking at flag. And I was going through and looking at all the flags and came up to the United States flag. And I looked at other flags and went to my dad. And I go, my, I go dad, I go, I mean, look at how beautiful these flags are. I said, the United States flag is so plain. And he goes, son, he goes, no, no, no. He goes, if you've ever watched the news or been where I've been, if anybody has ever feel like they're in danger or they want freedom or they want not to be oppressed or everything, where is the first place they go? They go to where the American flag flies. That's right. right. And that's Still what we got to get back to. On the hill. That's right. That's, that's right. Ronald Reagan. And we have to get back to that because that, and that's always stuck with me. Uh, that it's red, white, and blue, but I got it so beautiful. Well, and, and, and you know, I don't, I don't get into the politics of things really because it, at the end of the day, you know, politics is trash. It will yeah. rot your brain. It will. Yeah. It is meant for one thing, and that's to divide and separate. Yeah. But you know, the thing that I'm encouraged about, uh, and I get the, the the luxury, and it really is a luxury, uh, and I, I I understand that, and I respect yeah. it. Uh, of traveling the country uh, and speaking to people all across the uh, the United States in the work that that we do with the foundation and the LSC, and you know we're not as divided as as everybody wants us to believe. Like no, the media, we're not. We're not. <laughs> the things that are that that are happening to us are by design, right? The things that are being injected into our communities and to our culture is by design. It's a social engineering that's happening to for a very specific reason of, of separating the masses because when America is unified, when America has a single goal that it's operating towards, we're able to put people on the moon. But when we are separated, right, then we are all, and, and we're being kowtowed by, you know, the influencers that have captivated our minds then we get nothing but separation and division. So, you know, I, I'm not of that mind. I'm not of the uh, of the hive mentality. Right. Uh, and you know, I when uh, I just have to go outside and look around and, and see the greatness that is happening, you know, all the time from people helping others across the street to you know, uh, you know, helping a, a homeless individual uh, get a, a meal that they are just you know, that they need. Exactly. Right? So, it, this is, you know, this is the greatest place on earth. We are still the shining beacon of the hill, and uh, we have a lot of work to do, and, and a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. But I think I still think that uh, it's the greatest place uh, still, and yep. it will be for some time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I walk around a lot. I get, I go, I've been all, all over the place, United States and Europe, and and you always come back, and you know, people. Waving, say hi. How are you doing? You open the open doors to somebody. They open the door for you, and it doesn't matter what color you are, where you're from, your uh, whatever orientation or religion. It doesn't matter. People get along, and I think that makes some people mad that we get along. That's just crazy. That to me, I, that's crazy. But so, how many books are you going to have in your series? 
Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so, you know, the the first book uh, of our collector series is, uh, you know, Roy Benavides. Uh, and we are uh, contracted with uh, our, our great partners at Defiance mm-hmm. uh, for 12 books over the next three years. So what you're going to see, my friends, is once a quarter, uh, a, a book coming out in the Violent But True Bedtime series um, mm-hmm. uh, collection uh, that you're going to be able to buy from grunstyle.com. Uh, for that collector's book, right? And that collector's book is going to be much different from the other offerings that you'll be able to find in Barnes and Nobles and Amazon and you know the other areas that you you all shop for your um, your literature. Um, you know, so you're going to get this very unique uh, collector's edition uh, from the Grunt Style store. Uh, that it, it will remind you of reading books uh, from uh, your your childhood, right? right. So. Very much modeled after the Golden Bear, the uh, the books uh, from the eighties, with that foiled spine, yep. uh, beautiful, rich artwork on the cover, uh, satin touch for all you individuals that love the sensory of, of putting your hands on on, on great things. Uh, down to the pages, the pages are you know uh, satin finished and you know, really really nice quality. I think Defiance knocked it out of the park with this product. And you know, you're gonna be able to get that at grunstyle.com only for that particular collector's edition. Uh August 8th of this year, we'll we'll be rolling out the soft cover version uh and the digital print that you'll be able to get uh, uh print. super excited about this uh, uh, big project. Mm-hmm. Um you know it's gonna be it's going to be fantastic, and I hope all of you guys uh, that are listening uh, are you know wanting to own a little bit of, of your own history, and it's something that you'll be able to share with your family and continue in your own personal way of telling these stories and keeping the the, the individuals uh, mentioned within them alive. Yeah, they're they're beautiful books. I, I like to say that uh, anybody that visits Arlington, Texas, you can go to the uh, uh, Medal of Honor Museum. Is in Arlington, Texas. Beautiful. Uh, the books are beautiful. So I want to kind of shift gears. I want to talk to you about your foundation and what you what you do. What's your goal? What's your mission? Because I think it's important. Because you you know a little bit of what you guys bring in going to that foundation. Is that would that be a true statement? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is something that we've been doing for quite some time. You know, as long as I've been with the company, we've had a, a very um, you know, a hard focus on what we do to give back to our community. And, you know, for years, we just did things and we never really asked, you know, uh, did it for notoriety. We never marketed it. You know, we're not that type of individuals that are looking to get clapped on the back and say, hey, great job, guys, for doing mm-hmm. this. You know, that's not that's not our style. Yeah. And we're, we're American veterans, uh, military veterans. And, you know, we know what right looks like and we just do the things that are right. And we don't ask for any accolades. Um, you know, but as the business has continued to grow, uh, it, it, and the needs and the demands are becoming much more rich and um, vast, you know, it was it made sense for us to open uh, our five hundred one c three, the Grunt Style Foundation, mm-hmm. and you know, with that, we are, are focused on the you know a, a very few uh, specific needs of the veteran community, right? Uh, and active duty, right? So we don't just service the veteran cohort. We mm-hmm. are servicing active duty. So um, within that, you know, it's four pillars of focus, mental health and wellness, food insecurities, transition and sustainment, and veteran homelessness. Now, you know, the things that we do to, you know, to attack veteran homelessness, well, that's what we're swimming upstream for because, you know, there's a lot of things that are impacting that veteran before they're, you know, uh, making the choice to live mm-hmm. on the streets 
thrown onto the streets for their own survival. And, you know, a lot of those things could, you know, we are in the, the we have the abilities uh, to control them. Mm-hmm. Food insecurity being number one, right? Uh, you know, think of it this way, right? Uh, for all of our military uh, listeners out there, right? We've seen this a hundred times where you got a young military couple, you know, that has been married for probably a year or two. Uh, then they bring a new addition into the family. Mm-hmm. That stress is already you know, demanding to the relationship. Then you start adding in all of some of the other problems of, uh, okay, well, we don't get paid enough to feed the family we were already struggling before that uh and then you know then all the bills start piling up and you know then the stress is the unmanageable within a relationship and then you see separation or you see uh some sort of substance abuse mm-hmm. uh and that spins out of control right because it goes usually unchecked because the military doesn't give a shit and it's down at the platoon level and they'll put you right out for it too they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. take you out in a heartbeat for it on the street yeah 100%, right? And then, uh, you know, so then then you get the, the family separation. Uh, and then you get further addiction abuses that are uh, starting to pop up within the, the the active duty individual or the veteran. And, you know, the next thing you know, you know, the person's on the street or they're, you know, they're taking their own life. You know, so I've seen it a uh, hundred times myself. You know, I had a great friend that, you know, I, 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 I lived with and we really did some you know, trying to help him out. And, you know, I've been friends with them, that family for over 20 years um, and godfather of their children. Um, so it's, you know, this problem has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what we, we, we really start putting efforts into the food insecurities that are happening within active duty. So last year we delivered 84 tons of food to active oh, duty wow. This year, we'll we'll add to that. We'll deliver 124 tons of food. We've already completed two iterations this year at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. The second being Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. Uh, and then we will be moving on to a National Guard unit in uh, Springfield, Missouri, coming up in Q3. And then ending the year here, Q4, uh, down in San Antonio, Fort Sam, uh, where we'll be partnering with the command there to to, to end the year. So that's a big program for us. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know we're also focused in uh, mental health and wellness. You know, we give out 12 hyperbaric chambers every year for veterans struggling with uh, soft, soft tissue damage, uh, TBIs, um, you know, things, you know, other ailments that uh, HBOT has shown to have positive results towards. Mm-hmm. And we're making sure that these individuals are getting those units delivered straight to their home so they can, you know, uh, enjoy these modalities of treatment in their own home and Mm -hmm. without putting out anywhere between $175 to $400 every time they go to use the system. So we put this in their home. uh, It costs us about you know, six thousand dollars to to get all the 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 unit, the condenser, Mm -hmm. and the oxygen all sent to the home. And you know, the veteran then has that. Uh, at their own disposable and what we've seen is you know extraordinary results that are happening uh within the veterans that are using the system so that's a very big group of ours um and mental health and going continuing the mental health and wellness side suicide prevention is uh, is a big uh approach of ours mm-hmm. and you know, that ties in with our advocacy work you know so i mentioned a little bit about our work with the pact act um, you know, we've made some great uh, relationships uh, during that time period, and we've also got some equity in our name now that we, you know, we're, we're involved in getting, you know, major legislation into law. Uh, so we've been capitalizing on that by continuing to focus on issues that are, um, you know, uh, 
affecting the veteran community um, and, and, and crafting and partnering with great people uh, to bring forward legislation to offset some of the needs. Um, you know, most specifically, we're, you know, we're founding, I'm a founding member of the Veteran Mental Health and Leadership Coalition. And, you know, what we're focused on there is bringing uh, new, new modalities of treatment to suicide prevention, to mm -hmm. the mental health of our veteran community. And, you know, we're looking at different things. We have to break the paradigm of yes. the uh, circular the treatment that's happening right now that ultimately does no benefit to the veteran. By giving a veteran SSRIs and tranquilizers does nothing to service the individual's mental health. It actually makes their mental health worse. And you know, I've seen more become people dependent, right? Then yeah. you got another vicious cycle that you've no, got. You get over, then it goes yeah. all back to the homeless, then it goes into food insecurity, then it goes back to suicide. So it goes it's just a perpetual motion of not the right things to do for the yes. bad it's bad treatment, bad treatment. And you know, unfortunately, we've lost far too many. And the war, it, it, this is a, this is, this is, this is um, uh, incredible. We, we sit here and we talk about, oh, veteran suicide awareness. I'm going to do my 22 pushups. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to hear about pushups anymore. I think we are all aware that veterans are taking their lives mm -hmm. um, in numbers that we don't even truly comprehend yet. Right. The 22 a day a number, I think is is absolute trash. I think it's probably in the realms of 60, 70 a day because the true numbers that are under unreported or underreported are uh, are not existent, right? Mm -hmm. We know that, you know, through Brown University, they've delivered a number of 30,177 veterans that have taken their life in the 20 over the last 20 years. Terrible. Now, in that That's same That's a division. That's a division almost a division yes. of people. Yes, absolutely. And that number is probably well over a hundred thousand if we're mm -hmm. if we're to really collect the data appropriately. Um and, but in the same respect, in that 20-year war, there's only been just over seven thousand combat deaths. So we are here at home killing ourselves in greater numbers to the fact to the tune of nearly four point five a factor of than the enemy has ever been able to do to us. Why is that? Yeah. We have some big problems. Yeah, right? I agree. I and agree. you know, we need to we need to find new ways of treatment. So you know, I'm of the mind, and I've practiced this modality of treatment myself, and I'm a, I'm, I'm active uh, in in my treatment and uh, my spiritual progression. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the use of psychedelics. You know, we are now in an, uh, uh, an epidemic of immense proportions, and we need to get away from the, the traditional modalities of treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, mushroom, psilocybin, uh, ayahuasca, DMT, 5-MeO-DMT, these are all showing positive effects and efficacy towards healing veterans that are suffering from significant trauma, combat-related or related to bringing in before military services. Mm -hmm. Uh, in in breaking the the behavior and the pattern that is struggling with these veterans that leads them to taking their life. So uh, you know that's what we've been doing with the Veteran Mental Health and Leadership Coalition, uh, the, the Grunstall Foundation. And, and it's not about getting stoned, right? It's not about the vet wanting to get stoned. It's no, about him right. trying to cope or her trying to cope yes. with just the the travesties that they've endured.
It's not about yes. getting stone, folks. Not at all. Listen, like this is this is not recreational stuff. No. And you know, there's a there's something that that we talk about within this community a lot. That's if you disrespect the plant, the plant will disrespect you. Why? Because this is not a form of recreation. This is medicine work, right? This mm -hmm. these plants have been given to us by whoever it is that you believe, or if you are just a science person. These plants were given to us as a form of spiritual and medicinal treatment, and they should be treated with that respect and that reverency and be done in controlled environments that are facilitated by professionals. And that is what we are advocating for. All we want is access to this in a, in a, in a controlled environment so that my friends are not killing themselves anymore. My best friend yeah. uh, just took his life not too long ago, uh, April of this year. And I'm 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 still fucked up over that. It, mm -hmm. it has messed me. It it has brought me backwards in my own in my own treatment and my own advances of my mental health. Um, and it it it's it's sad. Yeah, it's it sad. I mean, it's my sad. only wish is I would have gotten to him faster with this form of medicine. That yeah, it's um, uh, terrible when you think about it. Probably changed that outcome. And, and look what. Look at the talent or what we've lost, or if somebody it's the same as kids killing kids, what have we lost by someone's death? We could have be cured for cancer. The person say, hey, I know how to go to Mars or whoever, we've lost that. Yeah, and then you can never reclaim it. Never. Yeah. yeah. It is um it is difficult. It is it is difficult. And you know, this is the, the struggle of our time. And you know something, and and and, and listen, I'm not short sighted either. Like mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the things that I speak towards are veteran related. I, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I'm, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. This is a this is a a national problem. The mental health within our country right now, ladies and gentlemen, oh, terrible. It's, it's piss poor. It's yeah. piss poor. COVID really ripped the mask off of what most of us have been hiding mm -hmm. <laughs> on our day to day yeah. uh, uh, lives. And it is no longer something that is you know you're able to to hide, right? Because you know, shit is crazy these days, yep. and people are struggling to cope with with all that's happening, you know. Um, and the mental health is in serious decline, you know. And our answer as a you know a, a pharmaceutical mm -hmm. response is let's just dope you up on SSRIs and and and, and inhibitors and upticks, right? That's not doing anything for us, but making these farmers, the big pharma, more rich, right? Oh yeah, you know, you've seen we've seen the outcomes of that. Crazy, that's crazy, that's great. So, so, uh, so folks, you know, go out and get look at the books. Go out and get them. Gretstyle dot com. Uh, get I've seen them. They're beautiful, absolutely spectacular. And, and you know, go to your local, you know, grunt style store. They got a beautiful little uh, headquarters down in San Antonio. I, I just went to the grunt style store in the Allen uh, Outlet Mall because not there ain't a crazy bastard in the world that will stop me from going to that outlet mall. Right? Yeah. I don't care. Everybody that was tough. do that. That was really yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah, so we you got to go and do it. Don't let things, uh, you know. So I went can't, in there and said, hi, folks. Here. You can't nope. live in fear, ladies and gentlemen. Like uh, we're Americans, right? The one thing that we don't do is fear anybody, right. and uh, certainly shouldn't be you know, fearful uh, uh, walking around in our own, you know, in our own country. Um, you yeah, know, and it was a sad moment uh, 
very sad moment in, in Alex. Well, that's it was, it was a travesty, um, travesty. But um, yeah, a, well, if you're North Texas, you, folks, stop by Allen. It's the mental state of our country. We could do a, yeah. a way better job. You know, and you know, to your point, Travis, you know, we have, um, you know, Grunt Style has 17, 17 stores across mm-hmm. the United States right now. So we're probably within a, uh, a you know, a, a short little adventure uh, for anybody listening. And we'd love to have you guys, right? Uh, we are a very patriotic brand. Uh, mm-hmm. And we believe, you know, patriotism is, is for everybody. Just like uh, all of us that, you know, have raised our hand, uh, you know, uh, love of country does not come in, uh, you know, donkeys or elephants no. it comes what you what you care about the the values and the community in which you live like there's no politics that's wrapped around in that and that's where we live we don't we don't give a shit about politics we just care about our love of country and this idea and the values that we share and projecting them to uh, for the next and projecting them and protecting them for the next generations of americans so that they can take behind them that's our goal that's what we need to be doing as americans and i would challenge anybody one of the things out in this country that we don't have is a mission mm-hmm. we don't have a mission and that's why we're being divided now we so, don't have a goal we have no clear objectives yeah and, uh, find your mission yeah bring more people to your mission that you bring as many people to your mission as you possibly can and give people some hope that there are out there are individuals out there that give a shit and want to see a change and make a difference because that's where it all starts. It, it happens at the home at, at the local community mm-hmm. and it builds from there. And know that you have a partner with us here at Grunstyle uh, to support you uh, if those are the ideals and the values that you share. Excellent. Well, Tim, I'll, uh, it was a pleasure meeting you um, a couple weeks ago. So I really like hanging out with you guys and. And uh, learning more about you and more about the product, really about the foundation. Um, and so uh, success story, which you got to love, right? America, we are built on individual success for, for the greater good and then sharing that with the rest of the country. So I, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. And folks, go get the books. because it, it, They're not for kids. I mean, they're. For everybody, I think it's for everybody. It's a good story because it they what like these Medal of Honor winners or or, or just general you know, heroes. What a body can endure will just add up absolutely amaze you. What well, a body can endure when the mind sets into it, it. Think of it this way, Travis, and for all the listeners out there, right? Freedom is a dirty business. It is a violent business and it is a naturally dangerous business, right? But I would much have dangerous liberty over peaceful slavery any day of my existence. Oh, yeah. And I bet all your listeners would share in that sentiment. So, with that, I would say check out grunstyle.com yeah. for of our uh, product and you know, this wonderful book that we're talking about, Violent But True Bedtime Stories. Uh, through the platform, you're able to make donations to the Grunt Style Foundation if you're so inclined to do so. We would appreciate any contribution that you would make towards what we're doing and the programs that we're standing up, the impacts we're trying to make there. Or you can go to gruntstylefoundation.org and learn more about the things that we're doing and learn when we're doing them. And we'd love to have you come out and volunteer and be part of this change and part of this community effort to make a better life for our veterans and our active duty so that they can thrive. Well, excellent. So uh, for that, 
we're going to sign off. And uh, everybody, uh, thanks for listening to and watching Author Eke. Thank you for listening to Author Eke. There'll be another episode next week. Please stop by and start your own story. We can't wait to hear it.